To celebrate Marketplace's 35th anniversary, we made some throwback thank you gifts you can get when you donate during this March fundraiser. We took our old .com era logo and put it on a sticker, a glass mug, a tote bag, and a t-shirt. No matter how you donate, you can get a fun piece of Marketplace history. Check them out at marketplace.org slash give tech. These limited edition gifts are only available through March 22nd. Get yours at marketplace.org slash give tech. Hey, it's Lily Jamali. Marketplace Tech has a new limited series out on YouTube called Decoding Democracy. With rapid advancements in new technology like AI, disinformation efforts are more convincing and more misleading than ever. So we'll be discussing how to spot things like deep fakes, how to protect yourself from disinformation, and how to talk to your friends and family about it. As always, this fact-based journalism and vital information will be free and accessible to all. As a public service newsroom, donations for from you help us take on ambitious reporting projects like this one. Every single gift makes a difference. Go to marketplace.org slash give tech. How generative AI has sowed mistrust between teachers and students. From American Public Media, this is Marketplace Tech. I'm Lily Jamali. When ChatGPT came on the scene last November, it sent schools across the country into a panic. Some districts immediately started setting rules around how students could use chatbots. Others moved to ban them altogether. All while information about the good and the bad of AI's foray into classrooms was still pretty scarce. Researchers at the Center for Democracy and Technology, based in Washington, D.C., spent the summer gathering data to counter some of the hype. Elizabeth Laird is director of the group's Equity and Civic Technology Project and one of the authors of a new report out this week. So 58 percent of students say that they have used generative AI either for academic purposes or for personal reasons. That's a lot. It is, although it is actually lower than what teachers think is happening. Only 19% of students say that they have used generative AI to write and submit a paper. If you ask teachers the same question, 60% of teachers think that students have done that. And so what teachers think is happening in part driven by the hype around generative AI may not actually be what students are doing. So what are the risks when there's such a mismatch between what students are doing and what teachers think they're doing? This technology introduces mistrust and and creates an adversarial relationship between teachers and students. You know, this technology came onto the scene in the middle of a school year. And so we found that its implementation was, was quite chaotic. Only a quarter of teachers ever received guidance from their school about how to respond if they suspect a student might be using this technology in ways that aren't allowed. And then the last thing that I'll call out is that students with disabilities are far more likely to use generative AI, and they are also more likely to get in trouble. And so anytime you see a group of students who have been historically marginalized and you see they're getting in trouble more, that should raise the alarm that we need to look at what our policies and practices are around this so that we're not disproportionately hurting what are protected classes of students. So what do you think schools and school districts could be doing to manage all these changes that are being brought on by AI? So we found both um, teachers who work at Title I schools, and so those are schools that typically serve lower-income communities, 
but also licensed special education teachers. So both, they are more likely to know of students who've gotten in trouble due to generative AI. They're also more likely to say that their school filters content based on um, whether students are LGBTQ plus or students of color. And so in many cases, especially with new technology, I think we find ourselves talking about what new protections do we need? What new regulations and laws do we need? In this case, we can actually start with existing protections and look at the ways that AI may be deployed that could potentially run afoul of existing civil rights protections and then give guidance to schools and the companies that work with them about how to avoid that. That was Elizabeth Laird of the Center for Democracy and Technology. We've linked to the report Elizabeth co-authored on our website, marketplacetech.org. In it, you can read more about how schools are monitoring digital activity, and that's not limited to devices issued by schools. It's also happening on personal devices that students bring with them. This can happen when a device is connected to a school network, is being charged through a school device, or when a student happens to be logged into a school account on their personal device. One parent noted this monitoring has real-life consequences, including a visit from law enforcement after their child voiced an opinion on a site that wasn't blocked. We've also linked to our interview with Elizabeth Laird from back in 2021, when student activity monitoring was still pretty new. It was the height of the COVID-19 pandemic, when many schools were trying to bridge the digital divide by providing devices like laptops and tablets to students. Jesus Alvarado produced this episode. Rosie Hughes and Daniel Shin also produce our show. Gary O'Keefe is our engineer. Daisy Palacios is the senior producer. Kelly Silvera is our executive producer. I'm Lily Jamali, and that's Marketplace Tech. This is APM.